Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week. One of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to talk about chainsaws and hydroponics. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hello. 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 How's it going? I'm tired. Me too. Doesn't matter though. Time to be entertaining. It's midterms, baby. Oh boy. It's also, I think, going to be St. Patrick's Day this week. Uh, that is not a holiday that I've ever really done anything about. Happy St. Patrick's Day to anyone who is Irish and or likes to drink. What are we talking about today? We're talking about chainsaws right now. Okay, you were you were a l- very excited about this uh, going into the research. Yeah. So what happened was I was looking at our list of topics and I saw chainsaws and I'm like, you know what? Okay. Um, and I was like pretty excited about it because who doesn't love a chainsaw? And then very quickly, I realized the deep dark history of the chainsaw. Oh, it's deep and dark. It is deep and dark in ways that I didn't expect. And honestly, I'm just going to have a content warning to listeners right now. Medical violence? Medical pain? Um, yeah. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> well, I guess we're here now. Thank you for the trigger warnings. Yeah, so... The overarching question is, what is the history of chainsaws? But I want to know, have you ever used a chainsaw? A chainsaw? No. I've used like a hacksaw and like a, I think it's called like a push saw and a coping saw, but not a chainsaw. Yeah, kind of same. Like I've used like hedge clippers and then I've used various types of saws, both manual and electric. Um, but I don't believe I've ever used a chainsaw. Let's learn about the chainsaw. Would you ever own one? I mean, I don't know. I guess if I had to, like if I was living in Montana or something, it was like, oh man, this tree's gotta go down because I need firewood. Uh, yeah, then I would own a chainsaw, but I live in suburban New Jersey and we don't have that desire or need here. That's true. Now I feel like I'm having like a vague memory of using one like at home, but with like a lot of, because we have a lot of trees on the property. Suppressed chainsaw memories. Yeah, we didn't use it to cut down the tree, but like maybe to cut a few branches. I don't know. Um, I would, I would consider owning one. Chainsaws are cool. Fair enough. Can you tell me what a chainsaw is? 
a chainsaw is like how do i describe it the actual machine itself is not a saw but you have to put like a chain of saw blades onto the machine and then when you go vroom, 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 it spins around and that does the cutty part i like that you made a pull cord reference like a pull cord hand motion because we're actually going to talk about the cord oh uh, the quote that I have is, a chainsaw is a, quote, portable gasoline, electric, or battery-powered saw that cuts with a set of teeth attached to a rotating chain driven along a guide bar. Oh, it's called a guide bar. Gotcha. Mm. And what are they primarily used for? Sawing. Sawing what? What material? Wood. Yeah. Anything else? Bones. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, anyone? We're going to talk about bones in a moment. I I have a feeling. (laughs) I was actually thinking about ice, though. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. When were chainsaws invented? Ooh. Was it, like, within the 20th century? No. 19th century? No. Really? Like, 1700s? Yeah. Really? Really. Oh. 1735. 1780. Okay. And what were they called at the time? Um. Mm, medical sauce. Osteotome. Osteo has to do with bone. Does yeah, it not? It does. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> what did the first chainsaws look like and how were they how were they used not what were they used on but like physically how like where did your hands go like that kind of thing so how, what did it look like and how are they used they were probably a lot bigger I want to say they were probably more circular rather than like the oblong kind of thing that we got now and I bet the like the actual band of teeth teeth is what you called it um probably if it was made of metal it probably wasn't that high quality and part of me wants to say it was used as like actual teeth at first like animal teeth but I pray to god that's not true and then how it was used I bet you had to like put your hands over like the guiding like the guiding part like away from the actual teeth but like you had to like you see what I'm doing with my hands like you had to just like gently as if it was a fine woman's hips put your hands on it and guide it as it cut okay um I'm gonna send you a picture Uh uh-huh and um it probably won't make it to the show notes, but like if y'all want to know what I'm talking about, just go to Google Images and search original chainsaw. But um there I just sent it to you. Oh. What the look at this steampunk gadget. Oh my gosh. That looks cool, I think. Quite a bit smaller than I think you were expecting. Yeah, I'll put that. If I remember, I'll post it to social media this week. Yeah, great. Okay. So 
Um, so, quote, it was a handheld device that included a long blade that guided a chain with sharp teeth around it and through the turning of a handle connected to a sprocket wheel. Sprocket wheel. Sprocket wheel. I uh, got to get some, got to go to the hardware store and get some sprocket wheels. I wonder if they still make sprocket wheels. I have absolutely no idea. If anyone works at Home Depot, please email us and tell you tell us if you carry sprocket wheels. Yeah, please tell us. Um, so now we're going to get into some weird stuff. Great. What is a symphysiotomy? Symphysiotomy? Symphysiotomy. Can you, like, text the word to me so I can try to pronounce it? Yeah. Symphysio... Symphysiotomy? Symphysiotomy. Symphysiotomy. Okay, so otomy, that's a procedure of uh-huh. sorts on the human body. Yeah, yeah. Symphysio. Did it was like cut into someone's skull or something? Hopefully not. Okay. Um, well, it's definitely... <laughs> that has me more scared, but Otomy, it definitely is a medical procedure. Uh-huh. Which I assume involves this steampunk saw. Uh-huh. Lord only knows what it's cutting. Yeah, yeah. What is it cutting, may I ask? A symphysiotomy. Symphysiotomy. Sim- yeah, symphysiotomy. Let's is- just call it a symphy to be sure. A simp. <laughs> a simp. Let's just call it a simp. <laughs> Uh, symphysiotomy is a medical procedure that was originally done with a small knife to cut a mother's pelvis to make room for a stuck baby during birth oh and i i will repeat this used to be done with a with a knife oh they would cut chunks of pelvis and cartilage in order to remove either a stuck or breached baby. Well, no wonder so many women died in childbirth back in yield times. Was anesthesia used for this procedure? No, they probably just drank whiskey. Uh, yeah, you're right. They, um, it was not used. I didn't see anything about self-medication, to be honest. Um, now, could they have? Maybe. But um, I didn't see anything about drinking from to numb what it. I, from what I know about yield times, and I kind of have a little bit of credibility for this because of all the history documentaries I watched. Yeah. If, if the woman was to self-medicate, it would either be with whiskey or cocaine. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they did. It's totally possible. Look, if you're going to saw into my pelvis, I would love some cocaine. That's all I'm saying. I don't know that I would want cocaine, right? Like I would, I want to, I would want to feel numb. Well, I don't know if they had cannabis around at that point. They did. Did they? Uh, Weed is very, very, very old. Awesome. Yeah. Not that this is the weed episode, but um, use of cannabis in 
in history and in the United States was actually very common uh, and non-stigmatized before approximately the 1950s. We should do a weed episode in April. Yes. So about cutting out pelvises. So about that, why were chainsaws invented? I feel like it's like a bone saw kind of. Like, so you don't have to do it with an itty-bitty knife. Yeah, um, they were invented specifically to perform C-sections. That is messed up. Yeah, I think both the chainsaw and the knife are very painful methods of doing this. The benefit of the chainsaw was that, like, it made it faster. I don't know if it made it hurt any less, but at least it went quicker i was gonna say i think i would rather the chainsaw if someone was to cut a chunk out of my hip yeah i kind of just wouldn't want to make the decision at all yeah i would just like become a nun or something so i wouldn't have (laughs) maybe that's why there were so many nuns so you didn't want to get chunked out by a chainsaw i love the theory We'll have to look into that later. True or false, symphysiotomies are still performed. Well, okay. Maybe in countries where they don't have the proper tools to do, like, a non-chunking C-section. You're 100% right. Oh, no! Where? Where? I don't think it's limited to any one specific country, but um, in some developing nations where there is not ready access to medical facilities, um, like if you're in a very rural area, I guess. Lord. Yeah. I'm hoping that they have anesthesia of some sort, uh, but I don't know. Gotta get that cocaine. When was the first modern chainsaw used for cutting trees invented? Oh, um, and I should say more modern because there's like a whole timeline of chainsaw development that there's just not enough time to get into, but, um, the first more modern chainsaw. First of all, I'm excited to look into the source notes after this episode. Second of all, I want to say mid 1800s, little, little later, like there, there were, there was chainsaw development in the 1800s but the one that really like changed the course and was very much only used for like cutting trees okay i'll say 1901 1905 oh yeah and what form of energy did portable chainsaws first use coal electric oh cool yeah and how heavy was the first one person chainsaw it's probably pretty heavy, even for one person. Yeah. I'm going to say at least 25 pounds. Yeah, you're close. Um, 30 plus pounds. Oh, okay. And in 1972, the manual chain brake bar was added. What is mm. its purpose? The manual chain brake bar. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it's that, like, I think if you put too much pressure on the blades, they can kind of snap off. So maybe this one is like, uh, oh, you can do it yourself so it doesn't get to that point. It was actually to stop the chain from spinning. Oh. Because, like, 
I guess um, because of physics, right? Something in motion tends to stay in motion. And so I guess like if you turn off the chainsaw, like it would just keep spinning. Oh, that's inertia, baby. Yeah. Inertia. Okay, that makes sense. And finally, I have a fun fact going back to what you uh, referenced with like the cord. Mm -hmm. So fun fact, the automatic starting function was added to the chainsaw to replace the pull cord in 1991. Ooh, cool. In our parents' lifetimes, they got to witness the replacement of the pull cord. Wild. I think so, too. (laughs) And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do creepy men keep slipping into your DMs? Do you need them to just stop? Do they show up in your Snapchat when you're least expecting it? Then you need Incel Away. Incel Away. It looks like a chainsaw because it is one. But it's not just a chainsaw. It's a chainsaw of rejection. Simply turn it on. Wave it around the incel in your life in a non-threatening manner because they are very sensitive. And watch as the rays of rejection blast off the chainsaw and get infused into the incel in your life. You don't want to be mean, but you need them to go away. Incel away. Buy it on Snapchat tomorrow. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Hey, Paige, welcome back. Hello. Did you get your incel away? I did, and I hit the body. Don't tell anyone. I don't think it's meant to actually kill anyone. It's just supposed to be rays of rejection. Oh, I might have used it wrong. Whoops. Oh, well, don't tell the American Citrus Council. Cut that out. So what are we talking about now? Hydroponics. Wrong. It's time for rapid fire. All right. It's my episode now. (laughs) (laughs) I see the incel away worked. Oh, yes. So this is how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as she can. And if you hear this noise, she got it right. And if you hear this noise, she got it wrong. Ready? Ready spaghetti. How many players are in the whole NFL as of 2021? 1,000. What is whiteout made of? Resin. Is Vermont one of the original 13 colonies? Yes. What percentage of the population has dyed hair? Of the U.S. population? Of the world population. Uh, 20. Are sympathy pains real? Yes. Is Post Malone's first name actually Post? I don't think so. How many different cheeses are there? A lot. I I mean, hundreds. Are George of the Jungle and Tarzan the same person? I don't think so. What is the windiest planet in the solar system? Jupiter? How many strains of cannabis are there? So many. There's so many more every day. There's hundreds. Specific? 320. 420. When was the Rice Krispie invented? Oh, uh, 1923. At a time. I'm actually going to Google that one right now because I got to know. Oh, okay. 1939. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Saves me the time of looking it up later. Yeah. So hydroponics, huh? Yeah, we're going to talk about hydroponics. Um, 
hydroponics is deeply personal to me. Do you know why? Well, you do a little bit of hydroponics, right? Not recently. Well, I mean, I mean, aside from the scallion business. Yeah, I, I do that too, actually. Yeah, like separate from that. Is it, did you like look into hydroponics when you were doing your fruit thing? No, but I see why you would say it. Then why is it so important to you? Okay, picture this. <laughs> okay. The year 2010. Um, you're sitting in Miss Ionella's science class. Someone is on the computer playing the duck walked into lemonade stand video. Yeah, yeah. And um, you find out that it's almost time to start preparing for the science fair. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And so also picture that your parents don't enjoy working on school projects with you. So... <laughs> So you yeah. never, so you never once in your life handed in a project that was not only very good, but clearly done with, done by parents. That was never my, that was never my life. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I brought in was genuinely the quality of whatever age I was at that time. So gotcha. I was like, I'm going to do hydroponics. As a seventh grader? As a seventh grader for a science fair project where you had to use like the scientific method. Wow. Yeah. And like I had had some like garden experience at that point, but I'd never done hydroponics. And I, you know, at that point I was like, I had enough research skills and reasoning skills to be able to um, learn that the basic, I mean, even more basic of hydroponics than what I'm going to produce here um, I essentially took away from it that like you grow things in water. And then I was smart enough to develop a, you know, a hypothesis and stuff. And the end result was I put, I dumped some seeds into some buckets of water. That was pretty much it. That's what I did. I <laughs> love it pretty much nothing else and like I don't even remember what my hypothesis was I think I put some maybe I put some of them inside and some of them I put outside I don't know um I can tell you that I got a pretty low grade on this project oh. <laughs> um anyway that's my background in hydroponics and, but like I can tell you that like the seeds did sprout that's cool yeah uh, that science fair the seventh grade science fair was the time I spent the longest amount of time awake in my entire life yeah I spent 52 hours awake that's a long time oh yeah I called my project hydroponically hydroponics wow and she took at least a couple of points off because she said the word hydroponically is not real I think it's an adverb even if it's not a real word like it was a fun title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so getting into it, what is hydroponics? Hydroponics is when you grow a plant, but not with dirt, but you do it with water. Mostly. Um, at its core, hydroponics is growing without soil, which means it's often in water, but it doesn't have to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's basically any non-soil growing medium. Mm. 
Have you ever tried hydroponics before besides growing scallions? I mean, no, but I feel like after mentioning it so much, we have to men- <laughs> we have to talk about the scallions. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, when you buy scallions, you can cut off the green parts to cook with and eat. And then you can put the roots in a cup of water and over the span of like several days, you'll see them start to regrow and you can then harvest them again. And you can continue the cycle. I think my record is like five harvests from one root group. Yeah. I mean, like not that scallions are like something you eat all the time, but, but some people I, do. No. Yeah. And I like yeah. the idea of going to the store, spending a dollar on scallions and then just having like infinite scallions for like a month, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So how old is the practice of hydroponics? I feel like it's pretty old. I feel like this is something that the Romans probably figured out all them years ago. And if not the Romans, then probably like the Mesopotamians. Yeah. I always like how you automatically go to the Romans whenever it's something old yeah me too um yeah you're yeah you're pretty close it's it goes as far back as Babylon yeah that's Mesopotamians I think basically yeah does hydroponics use more water or less water than traditional soil growing and this is assuming we're talking about water methods oh I mean I'm going to say less. My instinct is to say more, but I feel like for some reason it's less. It is less. How much okay. less? Uh, what percentage less? Um, 50. 90. Wow, really? Really. Traditional cool. irrigation, like soil irrigation, uses so much water. Oh, we should start doing more hydroponics. Mm. What is the role of soil when soil growing? I feel like it's a vessel for nutrients. Yeah. Uh, I'm smart. And it's also like a holding place. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But is soil necessary? Like for, like, is it necessary for a plant to grow basically to do its plant thing? I'm going to say no. So long as like you have one, you have like a way to hold the plant up. And then two, you're just able to deliver the plant its nutrients in another way. Yeah, plants can photosynthesize without soil. Cool. So what we're talking about here is like, I'm going to go, I'm going to use a base assumption that our listeners probably know very, very basically, like like a first grade level, what photosynthesis is. Like, I'm not going to go into the (laughs) chemistry of it, but- Photosynthesis. Um, yeah, like plant gets light, plant creates chlorophyll. There you go, you got a plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, you don't need soil for that to happen. How does growing in water work? Well, you put it in a place where the plant can eat sun. And plants really only need two things to survive, really. It's just sun and water. So you just, every once in a while, you spritz the roots with a little bit of water. Maybe it got some fertilizer in it. Who knows? And then it eats the sun. And those are the only two things it needs. So it's happy. You're close. Like, you're on the right track. Like, nutrients have to be supplied in the water. Like, you can't use just plain water. Yeah, you put fertilizer in the water. 
yeah, like fertilizer, nutrients, whatever you're using. And then the plants are either misted, like you said, or submerged or flooded. Now, um, there are some pretty critical errors in my science fair project. One, I, and also the, the plants need oxygen. They need lots of oxygen. Gotcha. So the critical errors in my project include all I did was dump some seeds in water. So there was <laughs> nothing to hold them up. Um, I did not have any way of adding oxygen to the water and mm. I did not add any nutrients to the water because I didn't know I needed to. Mm. Right. I feel like that's a reasonable mistake for a 14 year old to make. I was 12. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty reasonable mistake for a 12 year old to make. Yeah. So I basically drowned some seeds and that's that's what happened. But now, you did it for science. I did. I did do it for science. And I had I was like very excited about the prospect of that project. I mean, to be fair, hydroponics are pretty exciting. Yeah. I have a confession. I've actually watched so many videos about hydroponics. So I know a little bit more about this than I think you thought I did. I'm not surprised. Um, and honestly, I like to see you get things right. So baby likes science. <laughs> we are scientists here. Uh, I mean, well, I am. You're you're act you're like yeah, an I, I actually am. Yeah, I I am a scientist of like putting pixels on a screen. That's true. Yeah, I am like, a pixel screen connoisseur, if you will. You are. So okay, so if you know so much about hydroponics. Can you name the six basic types? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hydroponics. Huh. Um, aquaponics. Aeroponics. Pyroconics. Electroponics. Um, telecoponics. Was that six? I think so. Okay, those are my answers. Uh, you did get one. Was it aeroponics? It was aeroponics. I was like, I think that one is like an actual one. Can you tell me what aeroponics is? Well, it has more, it's like, instead of submerging them, you like let them in the air and you spritz them, right? Basically, yeah, the plants are suspended in the air and then nutrient solution is misted onto the roots from the inside of the apparatus. Cool. I agree. The other five types are deep water culture systems. Can you guess what that is? Is when you put the plant in a deep water and you give it oxygen and food? Yes. <laughs> Baby sports. <laughs> Do you know what a wick system is? A wick system? Yes. Oh. <laughs> W-I-C-K, wick. Oh, oh, okay. Does it have anything to do with it being kind of like a candle in wax? Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's the. Do you like instead of dirt, do you put in like coconut husk or something? I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily part of it. Uh, what I have is um, plants, and I have all of these explanations very much simplified, but, and you can find more details about all of them in the show notes, but um, plants sit in a tray on a reservoir and then nutrients from the reservoir travel up a wick, which can be made out of various 
substances um, where, and it goes to where the plant is. Oh, I like that. I actually really like it too. I, That's I, a cool one. I know. Like, I don't know if you ever did any like science experiments, like in school or in summer camp or anything where like you have like a, like a string and like you have like colored water or something travel. Yeah, up yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've always really enjoyed that. And this is like similar to that. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Do you know what a nutrient film technique system is? Is that when like you have a, a nutrient film and like you wet it and then like you put it under the roots? You're pretty close. Um, it's a stream of nutrient water that runs over the plant's roots and the whole thing is on a tilt. Oh, okay. And this is actually a very common method. Yeah. What's an ebb and flow system? Uh, tell me. So the plants are in a bed and the bed is on a timer and it routinely floods roots with nutrient solution and then it drains and then it repeats the process. That makes sense. Yeah. And finally, what's a drip system? A drip system is when it drips a little bit of nutrient solution on the plant at a timer. Basically, yeah, nutrient solution is dripped on roots and then it's drained out. I smart. You are smart. So those were the six basic types. Um, it's worth noting that there are lots and lots and lots more, but all of them are based in these six basic ones. Mm, mm-hmm. What are some other pros of hydroponics? I feel like, so in general, it probably takes up way less resources. Mm -hmm. You can probably do it, like, it takes less space, I imagine, like, because dirt takes up a lot of space and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost as much, I imagine, and it's probably more environmentally friendly. Everything you're saying is essentially correct. There is investment that has to be made into all the equipment. Oh, that's true. As we learned, you can't just dump seeds into a bucket of water and expect <laughs> a yield. You got to Turn- put it on a tilt. <laughs> yeah, you got to put it on a tilt. You got to supply the nutrients. You got to supply the oxygen. Um, but some of the pros that I have listed are plants can grow much faster and give a much higher yield than traditional soil methods because you have ultimate control over the oxygen, nutrients, pH, temperature, and light. So like, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but like you can actually produce so much more out of one plant through hydroponics. And part of this, and part of why it can happen so quickly is because when you use soil, the soil slows down root production because there's like physical resistance. Oh, okay. And hydroponics has better drainage than clay or plastic pots. So the Uh, seeds, even though like they're sitting in water, they're less likely to drown. That makes sense. Yeah. Hear me out for a second. Okay. (laughs) So get a soda stream, right? Uh Uh-huh. And you aerate it. Sure. And you put the nutrient solution in it. Okay. Could you theoretically do hydroponics with a soda stream? I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I do know that to aerate the soda, you're using carbon dioxide, right? 
or you're getting like a, a canister of carbon dioxide, I think. But, but plants like carbon dioxide. They also really like oxygen. So, okay, what if we do, give it some soda stream water with some nutrients in it and then like stick it in the air? I think we have a science experiment on our hands. I am definitely down to do science fair project part two. We need to email Miss Sionella <laughs> and ask for a better grade. I wish she knew where I was now. She did not like me. She didn't like me either. I wonder why. One time I accidentally said the bitch word in her class. Not to her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> One more section. Mm-hmm. What makes up a hydroponic system? Oh. Like what are the what are the physical components of a basic system? Okay. Um tubes. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Not necessarily. And it also probably needs a power source um uh-huh. drains okay water <laughs> <laughs> filaments <laughs> um and air okay it's good. yeah good start <laughs> okay yeah uh yeah you need a growing media which is what it actually grows in so instead of a pot you have like like a reservoir tubes tubes yes mm-hmm. you also have to have air stones and air pumps oh do you know what an air stone is no what is it it's a stone that has like pores in it that like slowly releases little air bubbles and that's what helps give so much oxygen cool and you need a pump because you have to attach the air stones to the air pumps Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then finally, you need net pots, which are the planters that physically hold the plant up and they allow roots to grow out to give more oxygen exposure. Now, these net pots can be made of various different materials, like there can be plastic, it can be more organic, but what matters is that it holds the plant up and allows roots to go out. I thought net pots were that thing where it's like you tip it into your nose and then like all the water comes out the other nostril. That's a neti pot. Oh, okay. No more questions. Okay. Well, uh, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media at Research Rebuttal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Research Rebut, which by the way, Paige has upped the game recently with some really great posts yeah I post three times a week now yeah it's great and you can email us topic suggestions at research podcast at gmail.com um please let us know what was your seventh grade science fair project and do you own a chainsaw yeah we really need to know if you own a chainsaw and have you cut into a woman's pelvis with it and if you have let us know um, the phone number of your local police department and um, American Citrus Council. Um, I want to talk to you about the incel away. My incel came back. 
oh, you can't say that on the podcast. They're going to know the product doesn't work. They need to know, okay? They did not pay us to give them a good review. In fact, they didn't pay us at all. I, okay, um, if you use the coupon code R&R, you get a 20% discount on your insole away. Cut the episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I saw, I saw a bun in the yard earlier. I saw that. Sorry, I was in class when you said that. It was like, so cute. Oh, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.